You are freer than you think. It's like the ultimate form of freedom. You expound upon that freedom to develop on this planet. True freedom comes from within. It's the ability. Thinking to myself, I can help you or I can destroy you. Man is a two-time felon. I work really hard and I've been, a, I've been a life learner. When things are feeling tough, let yourself be surprised. The world favors risk-taking. Welcome. 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 To the Freedom Pact. My guest today is Kendra Lust. Kendra Lust is an award-winning American pornographic actress, content creator, and an entrepreneur. Kendra has more than 7 million online followers, is a qualified nurse, and won the hottest MILF award of the year for 2016. For the long-term listeners of the show, you will be well aware that we have had on medical doctors, social psychologists, biologists and neuroscientists such as Dr. Anna Lemke, Dr. Andrew Huberman on the show that have spoken about the potential harmful effects that pornography can have on the brain and relationships. We still wholeheartedly believe this. That is what the science shows and it would be disingenuous of us as a personal development podcast to not take that stance. However, we wanted to get some nuance into the discussion and get a view from inside the industry. Kendra Lust has years of experience and knowledge about the insides of the world of adult acting and not only that, Kendra was so insightful, bright and so incredibly warm. It was a real pleasure talking to her about a range of topics that included why she left a career in nursing to pursue adult film, is porn good or bad for society, how she's balanced a marriage whilst acting. Should you go to porn to learn how to be better in bed? How to have better relationships? Does size matter? And much more. I learned a lot from this conversation. And interestingly, I think that what you'll find is that a lot of her comments actually align with a lot of what the health experts say on the show. So I would definitely recommend checking this out. Um if not for uh, the actionable tips, tools, and ideas, but also because she's pretty darn right hilarious. Uh, it was a really enjoyable conversation with Kendra. I hope that you enjoy. Kendra, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So most people will know you for being one of the most renowned adult actresses in the world. Uh, you have more than 7 million followers online. But prior to this, what was your life like before you entered the industry and what motivated you to join that line of work? So my life before the industry was pretty wild. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I mean, and it's still fun. I think I was just living, a, I don't even know what normal is, but what I thought to be normal, right? I have a, a, a graduated college, you know, I was so excited to get my first nursing uh, position at the hospital, happily married. Um, you know, I think just kind of living the American dream, or at least that's what I thought it was. And, and it, you know, it was a good life. Um, I don't know. I mean, Really, I feel like, I mean, it was happy and I'm still happy. So I guess just like a typical young married couple, you know, so I don't know. It was just, you know, pretty simple. So, and I, I was good with that. And um, yeah, I don't know, I guess it's hard. I mean, not to say it's hard to look back, um, but yeah, so just like a typical life, you know, go to work, hang out with family, hang out with friends, go to, you know, sporting events and never got like the seats that I got now, but, or that I'm able to get now, just, you know, just enjoying life. Right. So, yeah. That's really interesting. And I guess that most people would say that sounds like quite a content, quite a happy life. You were happily married, as you said. Um, you just finished a nursing degree. So how did that end up transitioning to, as I said, 
maybe you becoming one of the most um, renowned adult actresses in this generation? Well, it wasn't something that I planned. However, I always had a little bit of a promiscuous kind of sexual side. So while I was um, nursing, I did webcam just for fun. I thought, ooh, this is kind of hot and sexy. And, you know, my guy, you know, or my hubby, he didn't care. So, you know, it was just something I did. And then um, there were some things that happened within my family. Some, it, it was pretty tragic, although um, everyone is fine now. It was, it was, uh, my sister had some health issues, um, was in a bad marriage. My mom had some health issues. And my, my dad just kind of up and left. It's like, oh, well, I had a family and now I'm just going to do what I want to do. And you guys don't exist anymore. So he kind of went in, went on to do what made him happy. And uh, at that point I was like, okay, here, <laughs> like I, uh, I'm a fixer and just being a nurse for, for the amount of time that I was, I felt compelled to really help my family. And for me, my family, I was going to do whatever I had to do at, at all costs. I didn't care. So um, the webcaming that I was doing for fun, I started to do more often and tried to, you know, utilize that platform to make extra money. So um, as much as I worked and, you know, um, on webcam and, and as well as at the hospital, I was never able to kind of make, you know, help my mom with what she needed help with you know, helping my sister. And then, you know, as far as my family goes, trying to keep us above water, you know, I was trying to help my sister with her bills, my bills. And it was just like, okay, it's not enough. So I, I you know, I was at a, a point where do I go back to school, you know, but time was of the essence. So I didn't really have a, a choice to go back. And I decided to pursue adult film. And it's weird because I had watched it, right. I had my DVDs and I enjoyed it, you know, or we enjoyed it. And I never thought like that, like who says, yeah, that's what I want to grow up and do. Right. I mean, I never thought that. So it was interesting to, I, I still think like, how the hell, like, did I have the courage to do it? And I think part of it was because I thought I could hide, like hide it. You know, people aren't going to know. I mean, it's all on DVD. I did not understand how impactful, how vast the internet was. So I, you know, I, after webcam, I decided to do film and I don't even know how they, gosh, my God, how they like hired me again, because I was like a deer in the headlights. But I think when the, when the cameras came on, it was just kind of natural for me. And it's like, kind of like, like a golfer, right? If somebody has never golfed before and they don't develop these bad habits, they're really easy to write, to teach. So for me, like I didn't know what I was doing. So I didn't have really any bad habits. I just tried to do what was natural. And there was good and bad to that. I think the, the good part about it was that my acting or how I engaged on film was natural and I think relatable. So a lot of, you know, fans and couples and and what have you. And then the things I was doing wrong were pretty easy to fix, like just opening up to the camera and, you know, you learn as you go. So it wasn't something that I just said, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. For me, it was a matter of taking care of my family because I really, we didn't have anyone else that, that was going to do it for us. So, so yeah, so here I am. Just out of curiosity, did you like nursing as a career? Yeah, I did. And I still miss it. You know, I really do. I, I love older people. I know they can get cranky. I mean, I get cranky though. I mean, and, you know, we all do. I just think some of it, you know, they've earned and, you know, you got to suck it up sometimes. So I like, I'm a fixer and I like to make people feel good. I'm more like go with the flow. And I love just really connecting on a human level with my patients and I miss that. I, I feel that part of me is there's like a little hole there, you know, in my heart as far as being able to give back. So I try to do it in different ways. Now it's, you know, not in the hospital setting, but I try to do things within be. the community. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Right. I'm taking care of other things. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, right? so 
So in terms of like the practicalities, like how did that actually happen? Did you reach out to someone? Did they reach out to you? So really, I didn't know anybody in the industry. I mean, I knew names and um, just who people were, but I didn't really know how to connect. And here I am in Michigan and everyone else is in, you know, LA, Vegas, Florida, and I really don't know anyone. So you know, now that I knew the internet was so big, I learned about a little bit about social media, started a Twitter, and that was really my way to network. So I was just kind of got busy studying Twitter and studying the big companies. And then one gentleman <laughs> reached out to me and it was, well, he's very famous, uh, Manuel Ferrara. And he said, yeah, you know, you definitely should, you know, do this and, you know, do boy, girl. And, and whatever. So he kind of sparked my interest in doing boy, girl, because I was only going to do girl, girl, but reality is like, who's going to want like a milk girl, girl, like how many hot moms are just getting it on with hot moms. I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, there are more, more of it happening, but um, <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, honey, you're not going to last doing that. So um, yeah. So I started the Twitter and uh, set up the first shoot. I set, I still honestly can't remember if it was I always say like, these are my first two because I feel like they took place in the same trip. And although I shot one, the shot one of them before the other, one came out before the other. So it's like, I both, I can consider them both my, my first uh, time on film. So one was with Kink and the other one was with Brazzers. So they were both girl girls, but yeah, I, it was, I, I was so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, this big airport. Um, you know, it was a long flight. Uh, the airport was just insane. LAX is a hot mess. It's just, oh God, it's just, it's like, you know, now I land and I'm like dreading it. I'm like, oh my God, you know, but you know, it was exciting, but I was scared. I stayed in the wrong part of town, stayed at this janky little hotel, uh, Ramada Inn on Wilshire. And it's just like, okay, I hope I'm, uh, you know, hope this works out because, I don't know anyone out here was just kind of like hanging out, um, but it, it went well. Um, and I don't know, it's still just so surreal to me still. Like I just think back and it's just, I can't believe it's been 10 years. As you mentioned there, you started acting by this point, were you still happily married? Still ha and I'm still to the same, you know, my hubby and yeah, I'm, I've known my husband since I was eight years old. So wow. long time. Yeah. Long time. Oh, you know, amazing. it's funny because like some days I'm just like, man, I want to set you on fire. And it's like, <laughs> we joke around and we play pranks and, you know, there's times I know I got to, I have to annoy the shit out of them because I like things a certain way as far as like my house. And even he's like, well, why do we pay someone to come clean? You're doing it anyway. I said, I have to like pick up certain things that like are around here like it's nah I just can't leave that for her. so I'm cleaning before she got <laughs> sometimes but um yeah I mean we all have our quirks but I think that's every couple no matter who you're with married living with roommates like whatever so but yeah he's my best bud so you've obviously clearly been able to make it work for yourself but I would be interested to know if you are somebody of note within the adult industry, uh, you know, more than likely you are going to have a ton of male followers, a ton of male interest. You may even get recognized when you go into streets, when you go into nightclubs, when you go into supermarkets. Um, do you think that that makes it easier or harder to get into a long-term, happy, fulfilled relationship? That's, that is such a good question. And it is so difficult. You know, I've watched girls over the years and they struggle with intimacy because mm -hmm. either people want to get close to them because of who they are, or they, maybe they don't know necessarily who they are and the girls don't want to tell them what they do. And then when they do, they're completely turned off or they want to change what they're doing. And so I feel like the, the love or the, the connection is never authentic and it's really hard to connect. A lot of girls just choose to stay single or just kind of date guys in the industry or vice versa, because it is, it is hard to it, dating in this. I don't even know what it would be like. I, I just, 
I don't know, as far as dating advice, like, I feel like I'm so outdated. Like I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I feel I'm so like, I know what I want. Like I don't have time for bullshit. Right. So, so yeah, it would be hard. And I know it's hard for, you know, people in the industry who aren't already connected. So yeah, it's tough. It's quite an interesting paradox, right? Because on the one hand, you know, I guess one of the issues that most people struggle with is attracting people. Uh, but obviously, as you said, but if you're a famous adult actress, uh, then clearly that's not an issue. So you, on the one hand, you've got a person that literally millions of people are desperate to meet up on, are desperate to meet up with. They're writing on their Instagrams. They're up at night doing all kinds of sinful things to, to their videos, uh, trying to buy their socks or whatever it is online. Um, but then on the other hand, I guess that comes with the challenge then of, you know, the adult actor or actress being like, who can I trust? Does this person like me for who I am um, as opposed to what I do? Because as I know, you talk very eloquently about sex is only one component to a relationship, right? So I can imagine that that is a tricky situation to navigate. Yeah, it's not an easy one. So I think if you're not already in a relationship that's stable or, you know, steady, you know, it, it is difficult. So I'm grateful that, um, you know, I have him. The thing is a lot of women in the industry or and even men, you know, they come in married and then, you know, you see so many relationships fall apart. And I think a lot of it has to do with the attention and maybe the sometimes the fame, those types of things. And I think that a lot of, you know, performers, both in adult and maybe, you know, you could say this for any profession where there's, you're in the limelight or the public eye, that people do not know how to identify outside of, you know, their alter ego or their on, on screen, you know, persona. And I think that is really important knowing who you are and being comfortable just being remembering and and staying true to who you are opposed to who the the public sees you as because i think a lot of people get lost in that and i think that's when relationships start to crumble and you know you you can't forget like where you started who was there for you and it and it, you're no better like just because you you know i i just don't like that mentality like you're owed something no we're all the same you know that's my job this person has a job you know they they're a nurse or they're a teacher and you know yeah you're not better just because you're in the public eye and you have fans like don't forget that like do not that that kind of it's like one of my pet peeves you don't walk around like you're better or that you can't stop and say hi to somebody or take a picture for a fan. You know, don't do that. Like that's tacky. I don't like that. Right. Right. And I definitely want to come back to that later. Um, but I would just love to wrap up this section first. And I'm kind of curious about how your background compares to other people's within the industry. So as we've talked about, you know, like you went into the industry, you were college educated, you were a nurse, you make a very good living as a nurse in, in America. Um, you were happily married. You seem to come from a reasonably sane family. I can imagine that in the industry, there is a diverse number of reasons that people would enter the industry. You know, some people may want the attention. Some people may do it because they're acting out or they want to grow followers. They want to gain a lot of money. Um I'm not an expert on this, so I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I would just be interested to know, do you feel like kind of an outlier perhaps for your motivations and reasons to go into the industry compared to perhaps other people? Not really. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love sex a lot, <laughs> right? I think we all do. And if you don't like it, it's going to show on camera, right? Um. However, I do feel like I, I had an advantage being that I was older and a little bit more, um, I wouldn't say uncomfortable, like in my skin, I guess. I don't know. I think I was just naive to like really focus on too many of my flaws, you know? And I think sometimes the longer you're in it, the more you're picking at yourself. And it's like, 
God, if they like the first two years, boy, have I changed. And I think it's for the better than like, stop, you know, but um, yeah. So I did feel a little bit, you know, I guess that I can't like more fortunate, I guess, you know, and I know some girls are just doing it for the money or they're in a bad situation or you know, they're doing it for uh, the notoriety or just to be recognized and to be noticed. And I was trying to do the opposite. I was just trying to make money. I love sex. So it was kind of easy trying to help my family, but I didn't want anyone to ever find out. And I was naive to that. I was trying to hide it for as long as I could. I didn't care, you know? Um, so yeah, it is different. You know, it is different. Definitely a different mindset. That's a really thoughtful and uh, really interesting to know. So I guess kind of like going back to relationships, how did uh, going into um, porn, how did that actually impact your marriage? Did it put a strain on things? Did it make you guys stronger? How did how did that, that work out for you? That's a good question. You know, there were times where it was difficult and, and my husband's not, you know, jealous. However, it was, it was kind of funny. We, and it was more of a joke. God rest his soul, Bill Bailey. He was, oh my gosh, he was such a sweet performer, but he's like, man, I think Bill's banged you like this month more than I have. Too, Bill. <laughs> so he, you know, we saw Bill, he's like, Hey, Hey bro. Like it was kind of funny, you know? So, you know, there's jokes. So he's like, but Bill was such a sweetheart, you know? And, um, God, he's truly was one of the best. So, and he has missed. So those who didn't get a chance to work with him uh, really missed out because he was an awesome guy, cool guy. But um, yeah, there were definitely challenges, you know, because it's just, it's hard sometimes, you know, a part of me felt guilty. Like, well, what if I enjoy this too much or, you know, but I'm supposed to, and he's like, you're supposed to enjoy your work. And I'm like, I know, but I feel kind of bad. Like sometimes I would feel bad you know, because I never wanted him to feel anything less than the best, no matter who I was with, I don't, if they were like, you know, Mr. Ideal and maybe like what women see as ideal, you know, I just never wanted him to feel bad or I didn't want him to ever feel hurt or I never wanted to like bruise his ego, you know, and it, it you know, I, I feel like I, I try to do a good job. Don't get me wrong. There were times, you know, we, you know, we may have had disagreements or, you know, things, um, but for the most part, I mean, he was really supportive, you know, so that was a good thing, but it, it can be challenging, you know, I'm experimenting, I mean, doing things like maybe I wouldn't have thought about on camera. So it's like, I always would run things by, I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this? And it's not that he controlled me because he knows he's not doing that. We're not, you know, I, I think relationships aren't about, not about control, you know, it's a, a compromise, right? So. I would, you know, run things by him just to kind of get his feel. And if I felt like maybe, you know, he wasn't feeling it, then I wouldn't do, you know, but for the most part, he's always had my back as far as like what he thought was good for my career, but never pushed, mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like it was just the right amount of support, you know? Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong. There are times like, oh yeah, a couple cocktails got a little stupid. Yeah. Guilty, you know? And I'm like, man, I fucked up, you know? Just, <laughs> you know, here or there, it happens, you know, and so, I mean, that's life, but I mean, not like infidelity, there's nothing, you know, like that, so it was good, so we're pretty, I mean, we're pretty solid. Um, I'd love to kind of, I guess, transition this conversation, um, so for the people listening to this now that maybe work in a nine-to-five or an eight-to-four, or they're doing shift work in healthcare or construction or whatever, um, they may be wondering, you know, what does uh, an adult actress's kind of performance work schedule look like? You know, so I wonder, could you talk us through the hours, the work life balance, et cetera, what, what your schedule looks like? Yeah, when I when I first got into into the industry, uh, I would hear like just people talk and they say, oh yeah, like porn girls, they don't get up until noon. Like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> Like, what the hell, right? And I feel like some days, like, man, but I mean, because we're up late a lot, you know, but, but I get it. Um, you know, but like a typical day is really, it just depends on the director, right? But most of the time you want to shoot during the day because natural light is the best. It's less work for the, 
you know, for the company and, and really like who wants to be out at like eight o'clock at night. So if you're on a feature, you could be on set for 10, 12, 16, 18 hours a day, which is really a long day. And then, you know, like, yeah, like, but just say like a typical, I'm thinking on average, like if the director has a shit together, okay, we're out of there in eight, anything over eight, like I want X amount per hour because you should have this wrapped up by eight. I never really put it in a contract, but I know one girl did and she's pretty smart for doing that. So yeah, so you know, you get you get there, you get your call time and you know what you're supposed to bring the night before, who you're working with, so you prove your talent and all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, the first thing is you get checked in with your IDs and you know, to verify that you're whatever, you're not like, you know, some of the girls that you heard like one of the companies was in trouble for like hiring like underage girls and not like being duped by these girls. But anyway, so you go through all the legal stuff. And then you get into hair, get into makeup, pick out wardrobe, go over your script, depending like if you have a script or not, or if it's gone. So, um, you, you know, you do your pretty girls. So that's kind of where you kind of get into your groove and you're feeling sexy because you're all done up and glammed up and the music and you're just like, love it. I love that. Just because I was like, <laughs> like, I don't get glammed up at home. Like this is about it. Right. So yeah, so it was fun. You do your pretty girls. And then, you know, like it depends like on like uh, who you're working with. Right. So some companies run like two cameras. Some are very like staged where, I mean, I remember this one director, God, thank God he's out because he, I mean, I got along with him really well, but he was brutal for the guys to work with. It would be like, okay, five. Okay. I want like three minutes in this position don't move like like you're you're like you're just like a robot like okay your angle and like jesus christ like this is like it it was like all about the cinematography and the angles but it was beautiful when it was done but it was brutal not enjoyable the director's breathing down this guy's neck (laughs) he's trying to keep his edge like right you're and you know and then the director's kind of talking down to the guy i'm like what a douche right like who does that don't do that to your talent because you know what, you could like screw up his edge and then make my day long, and then your day long. So just stop, okay? Ego. Um. So yeah, so it depends on the director. Most of the directors is just like really like cool, chill. You know, um, it's you know, okay. So pretty girls. Then you get into your like you know your your scenes and your you know different parts. So it's one one camera, two camera, depending. Some are POV, you know. So it just depends on how specific the director or particular that they are. I worked with one director one time, and it was like, oh my god, I felt like I was going on this like glider for like hours. My ass was sunburned. I'm like, Jesus Christ, did you get the angle? Thinking to myself, but I'm smiling because you know I'm a good sport. Uh, yeah. So it just depends, but you know, so you, you, then you go into sex, like sex is really only like 30 minutes. People think like, oh my God, you must be fucking for hours. Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Or you must be having sex for hours. And I'm just like, yeah, no, they're really chopping it up and editing it. And, you know, so yeah. And then there's, you know, pictures at the end and you sign paperwork, collect your check, have a good day. That's it. (laughs) When you put it like that, that. You know, the average person might watch a 10 or 20 minute video online or 30 seconds in some cases. Uh, and they don't necessarily see the work that goes on behind the background. They can't, it's unfathomable really that that could be an 8, 10, 12, 16 hour um, day. I find that crazy. Um, but I'd also love to pick up on, I guess, a confidence aspect. Um, so I do these podcasts, I watch them, uh, sometimes we record them quite frequently and I'll be honest with you, I'm generally quite insecure about watching them back. Um, you know, they can be quite, I guess, intimidating things, particularly, I guess, as your audience grows and people comment on them, it's kind of, I find it just easier for my own sanity to kind of just stay away um but you know having said this i mean to my knowledge nobody has seen me naked online um so i just wonder kind of what is that like i mean do 
porn stars that they watch their own stuff back and perhaps how does it feel knowing i guess that other people kind of watch your stuff too we probably should i think some do mm. i don't even like to listen to my voice i'm just like right. oh gosh i don't watch my stuff i probably should oh i should because like maybe that angle isn't real <laughs> like i know there's a lot of <laughs> angles that probably are not but you know what i mean i think people like some realness right not all guys but i think it's relatable to you know couples or guys i mean i just feel like if you're looking that perfect during sex like how can you really be enjoying yourself because your mind is just like you know like i don't want to mess up my hair like i don't want to well then you're really not in the moment i just feel like you should just be raw and just have fun but again i kind of go back and forth with the balance of you know real connected like sex and then there's you know what the directors producers want and yeah i kind of just did what i like to do <laughs> i wasn't the best performer and i'm okay to say that i and i'm not looking for like oh you know compliments i'm not fishing i'm just saying when it comes to performing i know i wasn't like fantastic however i had enthusiasm okay so enthusiasm and personality and just genuine genuine enjoyment i think that's what fans want they don't want perfect because most people we're far from perfect none of us are right we have flaws we have zits you know razor burn uh a stretch mark i mean i'm a mom like i'm back in my legs i don't give a shit like whatever it's not nobody's kicking me out of bed you know maybe some guys are but i don't care i'm not hopping <laughs> bed to them for them you know just so so uh, the hell with it so no i don't watch my stuff i probably would look better on film and be a better performer but i don't have that kind of time you know i'm a mom so i've spoken to many people that have told me that to become better in bed that uh they have gone to pornography um to watch and to learn essentially do you think that that's a good or a bad idea don't do it guys do it you know for you know do it for just like the viewing pleasure you know or just maybe they kind of get in the mood or whatever just do it just as like rub one out and be happy for the day whatever stress relief whatever it is that you do it for okay i don't care why you do it you know it's better than you know going out and getting um i don't know i mean i feel like two consenting adults should be able to do what they want to do but at least you're not bringing home disease, whatever disease, do what you want with your thing at home, like whatever, right? It's yours. You know it better than anybody else. Um, as far as education, no, I don't feel like, I feel like it is not where couples should go. I, I think that this whole, like who gets that glammed up for the most part? I mean, sometimes, right? You go out, you're out with somebody, you're, you know, boyfriend, husband, whatever. And you go out and you come back and you have wild sex after like a hot night, right? But most people like, well, I don't know. I just feel like it's just, it, I don't want to say it's bad because it's healthy to, to get the release, but that's not where you go for education because what it does, it makes girls think that they need to like deep throat. No guys would be like, oh my God, this last girl, you know, her teeth because it looks good on film. Like that got, you know, that sound, the guys like it because that's what they hear on film, right? The wide angle lenses make our butts look way bigger. Then they are in person. People will be like, you're a lot smaller in person. You're tiny. You're not as tall. I'm like, yeah, I'm only five, four, but you know, we look, so looks are deceiving. That is a fantasy world and that is it. So don't get education there. Like there are way better places for education than that. Yeah. Like a sex therapist or these like sex forums, you know, that's where you're going to get like the truth. That is fantasy. It's pure in pure entertainment period. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I know I don't want to like ruin it for people, but no girls, you're not going to be doing like, stop your gag reflex, like whatever it's, it is what it is. Like, you know, you do your best, you know, but <laughs> don't think you have to do all that stuff. So think that there are some really, really uh, good and thoughtful points in there. And I think that it is also worth me saying um, for the long-term listeners of 
um, the show that on this podcast we have spoken to neuroscientists, to doctors, um, to reasonably thoughtful people, and we have discussed perhaps the harmful effects that pornography can have on relationships, um, on the brain, you know, and it's kind of seems to be the way that the scientific literature seems to point is that pornography seems to kind of be like a one way street in the sense that, you know, even if you start off watching very ethical porn, because your brain perhaps gets desensitized, then even if you have the best intentions, it seems to naturally gravitate over and over again. Your brain will need a stronger stimulus um, through, I guess, desensitization, right? Um, and I think that this kind of links in nicely to perhaps what you mentioned with it, um, where, you know, you may have, you know, a young couple that both may be virgins or something like this, but you've got one of the partners that has, let's say, become very addicted to extreme porn. Um so I, I'm curious, and this might sound like quite an odd question, but how do you kind of weigh up the the good and the bad elements of porn for society? So I think it has a purpose. I think that it is not good nor bad. You know, I feel mm. like it is again, it's a form of entertainment. Okay. It's used as a tool to maybe enhance, I think couples sexually, you know, or just people who, um, maybe there's there, you know, there are guys out there that don't get laid. Let's just put it out there. Right. They just don't. Right. So for them, if it fills a need, right. If it fills a need, okay. It's a release. They don't have to go out anywhere. Maybe they're shy. Maybe they're just you know, they're introverted or overweight or health issues, whatever, but these, everybody needs to, um, masturbation is like, great. Even if you do have a, a boyfriend or husband or girlfriend, you know, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's healthy. However, when you're going to it, when it starts to become a habit, like every day where you're choosing to masturbate, over having sex with your partner. Okay. That's when it becomes kind of problematic. So I think everything in life is all about, um, moderation, balance, balance, you know, I mean, it's true. I don't think there's, it, it can be healthy and fun and kind of spice it up for couples, you know, and just, and for, for women, it's hot for them to, to watch too. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's when, again, you're doing it so much that you can't come anymore with a girl because you're jerking off too much. So stop that shit. Okay. (laughs) You're ruining it. Just stop. Okay. Um, yeah. So just, so it's not good nor bad. I think it's, I guess, I don't know. I guess I don't have the right answer. I just, I think just it's like in balance, like in moderation, you know, like if you want to do it, do it, but don't rely on that, you know, every time, you know, it does desensitize you like, so yeah. yeah. Same with, okay, here we go. Let me just give you an analogy. So when women use like the Hitachi, right? They're using this Hitachi is so powerful on their clit. You know, they're coming so fast. It desensitizes them, right? So they're not able to come maybe with oral or with their man because they're wearing the shit out of it. Same thing. Okay. Sex toys, moderation, you know, moderation, you know? So, but I think that just comes with I mean, when you're a 16 year old guy, that's all you think about. Like the, the wind blows and you're like ready to go. Right. So, so I think for a period of time, it gets a little crazy, but, um, and that's normal, but yeah, when you get in a relationship, you know, slow that shit down. I can say that in my own experience, the desensitized part is very real. I remember, you know, two girls kissing would, would be enough, uh, for me at one stage, but you know, you fast forward, a number of years and you need a Steven Spielberg directed film to, to do the job. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, a great line of yours is that what you do doesn't define who you are. 
Could you elaborate on this and what this means to you? So I think in life in general, I mean, when somebody is, you know, a doctor or a teacher, I mean, is that all that they are, right? Are they not a mother or father or um, brother? I mean, do they not have other interests? Does that completely, you know, comprise their entire being? No, and, and it shouldn't. So yes, this is a job, but because it's not typical, right? It's, um, you know, it's still, I don't even know what a typical job is. I guess it's not well-respected still in the United States, like over in Europe, and it, it's, it's viewed differently, sexuality is. And we have a long, long way to go just with women in general, let alone that women in sexuality. So those are two separate um, topics that, that I could, you don't want to get me fired up on that. So, <laughs> so yes, uh, it is important for me to let people know that I am not just Kendra. Like she is part of like my personal life because both, you know, me and I hate to speak of like Kendra, the third person, you know, love sex. And that's normal. Like most people should enjoy sex, right? If you have like a healthy sex life and, you know, no trauma, you know, whatever you, you know, it, it's, it's healthy and it's okay to enjoy sex. You know, you shouldn't feel guilty. We won't get into religion again. Another thing that pisses me off how people judge people for masturbating. It's just bullshit. So anyway, so yeah, what I do is not who I am. And, and I am more than just Kendra, like she's not shit on who I really am, to be honest, because I am one good mother. I know that. And I, I think that's the, the part of my life that where I strive to be the best, you know, that is where I put all of my heart, my time, my, you know, my the podcasts I listen to are, you know, how to be a better parent. And, you know, and my husband's like, you're a great mom. Like, what are you? And I'm like, I know, but maybe, you know, down the road, or I could do this or do that. So I'm critical of myself just because I want to be, no, no one's perfect, but I want to be a good parent and a good wife and a good friend. And these are the things that really matter the most to me, not, not what I do. That's how I make a living, but it, it's not what I do. There aren't orgies at my house. There aren't random people at my house. Uh, it's just not what people think. And sorry if I'm ruining that fantasy, but it's just not. I mean, there's a time and a place. I get wild and carefree, but again, there's a time and a place and um, it's not here. I think that that is a very thoughtful point. And perhaps when you think about this era, um, that you know we we find ourselves in this this very interesting era that that we live in i guess our go-to is to kind of define ourselves by what we are you know i'm a an entrepreneur i'm a doctor i'm an academic i'm a, a nurse an adult actress i'm a an athlete etc etc i'm a lawyer um and i think that something that we do have to be mindful of is that if this becomes our sole identity is that people fall for what we do as opposed to who we are. Um, and as you said, you know, they, they can be very, very different, different things. Um, I also think the kind of, we, we live in, it seems like a very Instagrammable era that um, it seems like people are just desperate to share their accomplishments and they are, uh, trips to Peru on Instagram to people that barely notice them whilst they're here and won't notice them um, much whilst they're gone, you know? So perhaps the, you know, answer, as you say, is to, to be flexible with your identity, to let you define that and to not let society dictate something that if one aspect of our identity goes away, that our entire image can be taken away from us. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, like being excited and sharing experiences and, and some people, I don't think they do it for 
you know, people to say, oh, look at what she's doing. I think they're just excited and maybe they have family in other countries or, and so they want to share their experiences and social media is a way for them to, or Facebook or whatever it is that they use to say, look, you know how cool. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just think if that is what you're posting all the time and there's just, I mean, I guess whatever makes you happy. Like, I'm not going to judge if that's what makes somebody happy. I'm fine fine with that because it really doesn't affect my life. You know, I don't really care if it's shoes or vacations or their home or their cars, like whatever, you know, I, I, there's, they probably have their reasons for it. And if they don't like, that's fine. You know, that's okay. I really don't care what other people are doing. I, I always, this is such a like nerdy term. Um, my mom used to say, she used to be like, you know, last, last time I checked my name, last name wasn't Jones's. So I'm not trying to keep up with them. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, I think I, we, we live pretty um, well below our means. And I, I said to myself uh, not too long ago, I was like, yeah, when is enough enough? Like, you know, I just don't know. I mean, you can always want more of this or more of that. However, at like what point do you become content, right? And it's a good feeling, right? You know, for me, it's more about just, you know, my family being happy and um, yeah, just in a good place mentally. And, and yeah, so yeah, but don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say like, I don't like a nice pair of shoes or, but like every pair of shoes I have doesn't have to be. I can find a really cute pair of $100 shoes and I'm fine with that. I can make those last and look sexy. I made a $10 dress look hot, didn't care. Well, I think it was like 15, but it doesn't matter. I'm like, this is cute. I don't care. I'm going to wear it for a scene and be done with it. Somebody was like, where'd you get it? I was like at this cheap ass website called Sheen. Really cute. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, I don't care. Like it was cute and hot and yeah. And then, you know, sometimes I'll get something, you know, from Vegas, it's whatever. But um. I don't get dressed up a lot. So I'm either looking like, you know, my little 80s and my workout stuff or I'm dressed up, but you know, I'm just casual, cool and casual. Just kind of going back, I guess, to your story and perhaps bridging it to some more general points for our audience. You were a nurse. You are one of the most uh, notable adult actresses ever. You've got a happy marriage, millions of followers. You've now started a podcast. Um, what would your advice be for people out there that want to follow, you know, their dreams and live a life that is meaningful, happy, uh, you know, true to them? Um, because, you know, as we know, these last two years, they have been tough. And I think that perhaps now more than ever, people would appreciate uh, some good advice. Okay, so, I, I mean, I feel like... I'm not, I'm not able to give like the best advice just because this was never my dream. So I feel like I would be a little hypocritical in saying like, oh, follow your dream, you know? Um, however, what I can say is if there's something that you're passionate about, it doesn't even have to be like a career. It can be like a hobby or something you want to learn or, or do, you know, don't give up because I, in my journey that really wasn't my dream that just so happened to work out, which I'm extremely grateful for. I was told, I mean, I, I was, yeah, a lot of people told me, I got a lot of no's and even the agent I had was kind of a snake. She knows who she is, but it's no, I don't want to be negative Nancy. When I see her, we, we know that she knows I don't care for her. She will be, try to be kind and I'll say, okay, let's just not go there. We can agree to disagree. We don't really care for each other. Let's move on. And I'll move on because I'm a class act. However, um, you know, don't give up because you're going to hear a lot of no's and a no is just a word. It doesn't define who you are. People are going to tell you, no, you just, if it's something you're truly passionate about and you want to do, you know, you need to keep moving forward and you need to surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. If you hang around a bunch of assholes, you're going to be an asshole, right? If you hang around, I mean, that's kind of a cheesy one, but okay. So if, if you know, you hang around a bunch of broke people, you're probably going to be broke, right? Yes. So 
you know, and it's not about that, but I mean, if you have a passion to, you know, to own a company, I mean, learn from people who are successful, align yourself with people who are successful and don't give up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I would say. Just forget the nose, just keep moving. Sure. Sure. Um, I've got some quick fire questions from our audience that hopefully that, you know, we can go through and, and kind of get your thoughts are. Um, our first question is, what would be your best advice for having better sex? Okay. The number one advice or the, the best information I can give is communicate with your partner. Do not be embarrassed to really say what feels good or what you're, you know, what you want to experiment with. And, and, you know, don't worry, I mean, about being judged, you know, as long as, you know, you're with someone that you trust and communication is everything because without communicating, how's your partner going to know, you know, if you're not communicating and it doesn't necessarily have to be during sex, but a lot of times, I mean, you can communicate just with your body language or your oohs and your ahs. Mm. Don't fake it because that does not, that is not going to help him. If he's, you know, giving you oral sex and you are just, oh yeah, just to make him feel good. No, don't do that because he's going to keep doing it. He's thinking he's doing something right. And, you know, you think, don't feel guilty about not coming. Guys are like, oh, aren't you coming yet? No, guys, guys, <laughs> like pump your brakes. It takes about 15 minutes of oral. Okay. So give her some time, you know, she has to be completely relaxed. Okay. For her to be able to have that to happen. So you know, if there's mixed signals, then the sex is going to be bad. And if sex is bad, it's 80% of the relationship. If it's good, it's only 20%. So, you know, communicate. This is, uh, next one is going to be quite a, a dangerous uh, question. Um, but I'm sure many people are, are worried to hear the answer to. Um, does size matter? Okay. <laughs> okay, this is so terrible. Okay. You know, it's, it does, it does, it does. Okay. However, there, there's a little clause, like a, a clause. If you, oh gosh, this is like, I don't want to offend people. Okay. <laughs> Do it. Let's have the truth. <laughs> I mean, but look, I have to be pretty honest. Like, Okay, so the um, average um, the, uh, the average male penis is like what five inches? I don't know. I might be the data might have might have changed. Let's say five inches, right? I mean, it does depend on who you're with, though. If you've been like this woman has been around multiple kids and you're five and you're narrow. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know how much stimulation she's going to feel. I think it all depends on the partner too, like physiologically, right? Everybody's body's a little different, but yeah, I mean, to a degree, yes, it does. Now, bigger is not always better guys. So don't think, yeah, we like the idea of seeing a big, like, wow, look at that anaconda, right? Holy shit, right? It's like the wow factor. But in actuality, do you really want that anaconda banging your cervix? <laughs> like <laughs> repeatedly? I mean, if he's not great in bed, does size really matter? You can have this big giant penis and he doesn't know what to do with it. Okay. And he's wearing you the fuck out. And then you can have, you know, a solid six with girth and just knows how to work it and move it. So I guess, yes, it does to a degree. Yeah. So I think middle of the road, you know, take a seven, I'll take an eight. That's fucking fantastic. Right. Clean shaven, make sure you clean your, mm -hmm, okay. The friends too, keep it nice and clean. Okay. Very important. Hygiene is huge. If you ever, you know, want to get a call back. So so yeah and plus it makes your stuff look better bigger right snake in the grass looks a lot bigger when that grass is trimmed so manscape gentlemen take notes guys take notes um the next question is kind of we broach this onto questions relevant to our audience you may be able to see 
a little bookshelf behind me there. We're a big audience of readers. Um, are there any books that have impacted your life? Um, mm, well, I mean, you mean in relation to like the adult industry or it can just be in any general. kind of book? It can be fiction, it can be nonfiction. We have a big, big audience of, of nudes like myself that read. Really? So, what do you side note? What do you typically, what does your fan base typically read? I guess like a lot of nonfiction books, health, science, personal development, spirituality business, autobiography, et cetera, et cetera. I cannot get into fiction. I don't know what it is. There has to be some truth and like science behind it for me to kind mm. of relate. Um, for me, I really enjoy reading. Um, I guess there isn't just one that has impacted me or moved me, but just, I love stories of perseverance, people who have overcome triumph, right? Um, you know, uh, one of Mike Tyson's books, uh, he tells his story, it's up there, it's one, he is a couple, I think a few that he has written, but others have been written about him. But just to hear people's stories, how they, where they started and what they did to become successful is, to me, is, is extremely motivating. So I love listening to podcasts like that, reading books like that. I think more so now, I'm, I'm more of the podcast. It's nice because I can multitask, right? Where I don't have to be just kind of stationary. That's good and bad. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed reading um, Mike Tyson's story of uh, how he became who he was. It was just, uh, yeah. So those types of stories, I guess. Like I said, there isn't necessarily one. So, but I, I really enjoyed reading, reading one of his books. So I will check it out. Uh, the last question that we ask at the end of all of our podcasts is what makes a life worth living? For me, my family is, for me, that is my life. And I don't care what, how much success, whatever people define success, you know, because some people define it as financially stable. Other people maybe um, giving to the community. They're a successful philanthropist or entrepreneur, you know, whatever that means. But for me, I would feel lost, empty. And I don't know that I could go on if I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, and I, to this day, I don't know how people do it when they lose, you know, someone close to them, a, God forbid, a child or just something, uh, someone so close to them. I just, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So for me, it's about my family and creating experiences and memories. And I'm a little old school. I bought a little um, Polaroid camera and I have those little photo, like the smaller ones, just because I'm afraid to get like the bigger one and it break because they're a little bit more expensive. So we'll see how she does with this one. And um, I'm, I'm buying the photo book so we can create little, you know, things like that. We have things on our phones, right? And I think that's great, all that's on the phone. But when I think of like my loved ones who have passed, I love looking through like my grandparents' photo album. And those are treasures. Like to me, those are like my most treasured memories so for me it's about my family and creating memories and just a beautiful life you know for my family so I know I'm kind of not exciting <laughs> but you know I can be just depends on the time and place right? <laughs> but yeah I'm kind of like a, I'm a little nerd I have all kinds of books I almost want to take you upstairs to see uh, we can our audience connect with you and uh you know, where would you like to send them? Well, okay. Our cheesy little podcast, it's cheesy right now because it's all, it was just all about fun and no structure is now in the process of being rebranded. So that's why we're on hold for right now. Uh, it is going to be Beauty and the Beast podcast, but we're going to be in Vegas and have residency and we've restructured it. So right now it's, it's uh, in pre, like pre-production here. It's, it's taking a while, but that's okay. So I'm excited, but Beauty and the Beast podcast on Instagram, uh, Kendra Lust on Instagram, Twitter, and um, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. And, and people, please, if I cannot stress this enough, 
I do not ask my fans for money. I do not ask for gift cards. I will not privately message you, you know, for you to send me anything. I appreciate your support. If you want to direct message me, it would be on my OnlyFans. So OnlyFans.com slash Kendra Lust. So there is where I only communicate with fans. So please do not be duped or like fooled. Do not send these people money. Um, I would never ask that from you directly, please this or that, or no. So that's all I have to say about that because it just drives me crazy when people get taken advantage of. Kendra, this has been um, a true, true pleasure. Um, you know, we wanted to kind of, I guess, speak to people on the insiders. You know, we wanted to stay open-minded about, you know, um, about the, the topic of, of pornography within society. And, um, you know, you're so educated and insightful and um, bright and, and really lovely to, to speak to on the topic. And I can say it's been, you know, a real pleasure. And I'm sure that our audience will really love how um, just warm and, and insightful you've been. So I really, really do thank you very much for taking the time and coming on the podcast. Thank you. And hey, I think you should just leave your hair like that because I think it looks fantastic. It's like messy <laughs> hair, don't care. Looks cute. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. You're welcome. Yourself. Thank you.